Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. I just want to say a huge thank you um, to every single one of you for the love and the prayers and the grat- um not the gratitude, the love and the prayers and the support that you guys have um, given us over recent weeks. And um, it's been felt. You know, you, you're so kind to me. You're so kind to me just then and to us. But you know, before we left to go away, um, you guys were gorgeous and you were like, see, we've got your back. You told us all, and there's a whole team of us who have been away, but you said, we've got your back. And I wanna tell you something, it was felt. It really was felt. And we had a great um, marathon. <laughs> it's called a marathon. Everyone say marathon. It's actually a marathon. Um, but um, it was smooth and it was beautiful. And that doesn't say that we didn't land our ducks without a little bit of turbulence here and there, but that's the nature of the beast. But in, in truthfulness, it was amazing, wasn't it, Cass? Amen. Amazing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, guys, we're a little jet lagged and life lagged and conference lagged. If we don't make sense today, just go, oh, aren't they cute? They're so cute. <laughs> but um, honestly, it was incredible. No one got sick except for LA when 125 people got sick. But apart from that, 195 now. Oh, that's ridiculous. Devil's so lame. So basically we had LA conference, it was amazing and then on the last night, the Sunday night, Sunday morning, a lot of people went down with a terrible um, vomiting virus. Yeah. Like you get on a cruise ship. Yeah, that's just why I will never <laughs> go on a cruise ship. But um, yeah, it wasn't pleasant for people. No. But not us, because we're God's favourite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told Autumn, because she got sick. Anyway. It's, it's so not true. But for the next two days, I was like this. I don't want to see anybody. Don't anybody come near me because we can't get sick. But yeah, kudos, shout out to LA pastoral care team, by the way, who managed and looked after all those dear people who are not well. So there you go, amen. And I just want to say thanks to to Kylie and to Donna and to all the teams and all you girls around the country because I know that the last few weeks of sisterhood have been great. And you've had Easter and you've had socials in there and Anzac weekend and what have you. But I know that the, um, the, the strength of what has been spoken about and taught here and um, opened up in our series has been incredible, hey? So it's kind of nice. And um, I just want to say that, because I'm going to hand it over to these two cute people. Do you always get this dressed up on a Thursday? <laughs> I purposely wore sneakers today because I thought you might say that. Um, yeah. Um, so I went into conference um, with one intent, and you girls would know this, but I went in really hoping to stir the spirit of reconciliation within us. And um, if you can recall back to then, um, that's what I really spoke to myself, and that's what we presented as a conference. Our table, our guests came and were fantastic and what have you. 
But um, the mere fact that we saw, and I said this on um, Tuesday evening at Heart and Soul, the mere fact that we saw over 3,700 decisions for Christ that we're aware of is actually testimony to that. And I don't know if you realise, that's actually kind of fantastic. And when you think about it, not it wasn't like it's it's a it's, you know, for want of a better saying, it's a paid conference. You pay to come to the conference. It's not like a Sunday night where you can phone a friend in the last minute and say, oh, do you want to come? And they come, or Sisterhood United Night. It's a paying conference. And people are coming with friends who don't know Christ and their friends are confident to come. And I think that's amazing, right? And so that's a beautiful testimony to the miracle in motion already. But I also believe that we're gonna see profound fruitfulness as we take that word into our spirit at this time in history as a global sisterhood. And if you've missed out on it and you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to to get the resources on that because it was incredible. So today we are just gonna have um, a relaxed morning. We're gonna have a little taste of um, Colour Cape Town in a moment. But I've got the two girls here, I've got Cass and Carolee, and Carolee got to come up to London because Ben is so generous and we basically twisted his arm and said, you need to send her to London with us. And so um, these girls are storytellers and they're incredible, you know and love them well. So we've stolen her from the city today, girls, and there, um, Nat and the girls. <laughs> so I'm gonna throw to them and they can just share whatever they want, tell whatever stories they want. And then at around 11 a.m., we're gonna transition. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen. Amen. Give them a hand. And Cass, you're incredible, by the way. You are really oh. incredible. No, you actually are. Thank you. And all the girls, the whole team, and the guys, you're incredible, and I'm so grateful for you. I'm actually going to jump in because I know yes, you do it. have lots to say. But um, I, like, I got a chance to come to London, and it was my first time kind of jumping in on the colour tour. And um, just for all of you girls, like I'm a, no, I'm a regular Thursday girl, and I'm, I'm here, and, and I got to see and be a part of the team for that one week. And I, I just want you to know, and I know how much you love and adore and appreciate these women, but um, I was there for one week and I was wasted, tired and just like, they go so hard, but something that I thought was just so beautiful and you don't realise is that there are pastors, Cass is my pastor, Bobby's my pastor, they're your pastors, but they're also the pastors to these teams and these um, magnitudes of people who are coming to these conferences in every single location and I watched as they pastored people and and I'm not just talking colour things, I'm talking marriage things and life stories and whatever and I just, you know, cannot encourage you enough. I know you prayed them out, but keep doing it because I watched them pour their lives out over and over. Jeremiah 3 talks about God will give you shepherds after his own heart. And they not only control all the timings and the conferences and stuff like that, but he, they chase after God's heart over and over and over again so that we might have that knowledge and understanding. So I have a deeper appreciation, if that's even possible for you and for Catherine, for the team. I think it is... I'm so grateful that you would take the time to pastor us amidst the magnitude of what you do. So I love you. Okay, thank you. Do you wanna hear some stories? Okay, so do you know what I love so much is Bobby, um, she said it then, she came into the year wanting to stir reconciliation and our heart towards evangelism. 
And so when we got to Sydney Airport before we'd even left for tour, Catherine came with this incredible story. And we're sitting, eating breakfast together, and she goes, can I share something with you? And she proceeds to read this story from a girl called Kathy about a guy called Alan. And Kathy was returning home from Colour Conference, and she'd sat in that um, incredible Art of Reconciliation thing. She'd watched all of our evangelism fails, and she kind of felt encouraged that maybe she could do what she needed to to actually talk to somebody about Jesus. And as she sat on the plane, she said the plane took off from Sydney and she started to feel the Lord stirring her heart to talk to the gentleman that was sitting next to her. And she said she didn't really quite have the confidence for it. And so she um, sat there and sat there and sat there. And she said, literally, as the plane was descending into Melbourne, she mustered up all the courage that she could. And she went, um... Hi, I was just wondering if we could have a chat. And they started to have a conversation. And she said literally within two minutes, she understood why she was talking to him. And he told her that after 20 years, his wife had run off with his best friend that Christmas. And in tears, he just started telling about the heartache and grief and that he was going home to make major decisions about the farm and all sorts of things in his life and where he had come from. And she said to him, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And he said, I've never had anybody pray for me before and and they prayed together. And she said, actually, in that moment, he accepted Jesus as his saviour. And she goes, it's so cool, right? And then she said, literally, um, as we got up to leave the plane, he said, I'll see you in heaven if not beforehand, took a Bible and walked out, committed to finding a local church and doing all those sort of things. And I feel like it's amazing because we have had story after story after story like that all around the world. So we get to LA and an Uber driver brings one of her clients to conference and she actually is sitting next to this girl and with tears streaming down her face in the evangelism session. She goes, I realised that God sent out an army to find me and she proceeds to tell the Uber driver that her mum and dad are pastors, she's walked away from church and she hasn't had anything to do with Jesus for so long. And she finds herself at colour, finds Lauren Daigle's song being sung over her, Bobby talking about the lengths that we go to to tell people about the Lord. And she leaves that night with a Bible in her hand and she's the first one at, at, at church in New York on the Sunday morning afterwards. And the stories just keep coming. In London, there was a girl, and three months ago, she got saved. She had an incredible dream about Jesus, Googles, where do I go to church, and finds our Bermondsey campus walks in the door, gives a heart to Jesus, and three months later finds herself at colour, had wanted to talk to people about Jesus but had no courage and thought she didn't know enough. And when Bobby started sharing about, you don't have to know everything, you just have to bear testimony to what you know, she went, oh my goodness, I'm going home to tell everybody about Jesus. I can do this. And so I feel like it's so lovely what God's done through this year's conference and how people feel mobilised. And I feel like, like, to be honest, I've had the same thing where I've looked for moments every day to actually share my faith like I never have before. And God's rewarded it with the most beautiful conversations and the most incredible strategically positioned people, which I love with all my heart. And I feel like we as the sisterhood can actually gather and go find people and salt our conversations with Jesus and let him do whatever he wants to because it's pretty beautiful. I was telling you um, upstairs how yesterday, of course, just back, needed maintenance, went to get my roots done and um, walked into the hair salon and the girl that I, the, the last time I went, before I went away, um, I had a conversation with a girl, beautiful girl, 
She has faith, but she's just been terribly, terribly, terribly ill with no strength to even face the day, let alone come and have fellowship. Long story short, we talked, we conversed, everything. I actually made a commitment at one of the conferences, like one of those cards, I don't know if you remember, I stood and I wrote a, an example of a card and I said, I'm gonna send this to, the, to this person. I walked in yesterday, she wasn't meant to be there. She was there with her mum, like not, not a scheduled appointment. And the first thing she, when I walked in, her eyes lit up and she couldn't wait for me to sit down. She's like, Bobby, I've booked in for next year. I'm coming. I've just decided, I rang a friend and I said, I don't wanna go alone. Will you come with me? And she's grateful because it's at the hills. It's, it's in this auditorium. So um, it's easy. I guess that's what we're trying to do, right? Demystify and just bring the simplicity of this harvest field. In Jesus' name, go. I'm so fired up with this spirit of reconciliation thing because, you know, like to be really honest with you, I grew up in a beautiful home. I grew up in Canada. Um, my parents became Christians when I was quite little and they had us in church from the time we were really little and uh, and I'm really grateful for that. But I often grew up, and I don't know about you girls, if there's some of you who've been church for a really long time, but I often grew up wondering if I really had a testimony. You know, I never really, you know, went off the rails or did anything and I thought, what kind of a story do I have to share? You know, and um, and this last couple weeks, I got to be in London and I sat up um, in in the rafters in London and as we were singing a song, um, I started to cry because um, when I was 18 years old, I moved to London and I was going to a little Anglican church and, and studying university and and um, I had a loose connection to Hillsong. And so one night, a university friend and I thought, well, let's go to Hillsong Church tonight. Um, our regular church wasn't having services. And we went over um, to the Dominion Theatre and Pastor Gary Clark got up in the MC spot. And it was just a couple weeks out from colour. And he said, um, you know, is anybody in, are any girls in here not registered for colour? And my uni friend put her hand up. And he walked down off the stage and he brought her a colour conference registration. And then he looked at me and he said, are you two together? And we said, yes. And he said, well, come after the service. We want to give you one too. And um, that year, 2007, I went to my very first colour conference in, um, in, oh, is there, there's a photo of me, my friend. And we went to our very first colour conference at the Royal Albert Hall in London. And, um, and I... Um, felt the spirit of welcome home for the first time. And I sat in that conference and I had a beautiful time and God did some wonderful things in me, but then I, I went on with my life. And a couple of weeks ago, I um, stood in the auditorium at Wembley Stadium and thousands upon thousands of girls sang a song that my husband, who I would later meet, wrote. And I thought to myself, God is writing a beautiful story with my life. And we serve a storytelling God. And I think girls, like something about this spirit of reconciliation is that's my story to tell. And every time we sing that song that says, you are faithful and you are gracious and I'm just grateful. I feel so grateful. And so all it takes is that, that opportunity to find out what other people's stories are and to tell them yours. And and the spirit of our storytelling, God, is what's going to bring them and draw them home. When you told that, um, you told part of that in London and I had, I think I had forgotten. I'd forgotten that that's how you got to come. And as you're sharing just then, look, we're going to take this morning wherever it goes. But I'm just... um, 
I'm just reminded of Ketty. So you all know and love Ketty and um, Newcastle. They're probably all cheering in Newcastle right now. Yeah, a lone chair over here. <laughs> but um, I invited, 12 months ago, I invited Ketty and, and Contrita Henderson, Israel, to come to speak in Kiev. And um, <clears throat> so that was 12 months ago. And as many of you might know, Ketty's father has, has been very ill. He was diagnosed with very advanced cancer only a matter of weeks ago. So she travelled up to Bulgaria. She's from Bulgaria. That's why I was inviting her to Kiev. But um, she spent time with him, came back, and then, of course, travelled up for the conference. And I thought, you know what? I'm bringing, we're bringing her all the way to Kiev. We might as well, I might as well bring her to London, let her experience London. Because it's, a lot of our girls don't, our campus passes get a chance to actually experience these other landscapes. <clears throat> Long story short, so she's in the, the Wembley that you're talking about. And uh, her father is very, very sick. Like, really, very sick. I'm like, Katie, if you need to go to Bulgaria, just go. If you can't preach, it's okay. <clears throat> and anyway, she's like, no, he wants me to be here. And so on, <clears throat> excuse me, on the Friday night or the Saturday night, maybe both, Friday night, I think, up on the up on the the heights, the higher parts of the Wembley, she just, unbeknown to me, she just began to FaceTime him and FaceTime the worship to this amazing faithful man who's given his entire life to the gospel in Bulgaria. And she FaceTimed, I think, 30 minutes of worship. He couldn't believe it. So he worshipped with her on his, really his deathbed, um, in Bulgaria, weeping because he's, like I said, he spent all his life sowing the gospel and he'd never really seen that fruit. He'd never experienced anything like that. And at the end, he more or less said to her, um, I have seen the fulfilment. I can go to heaven now because I have seen the fulfilment of what my life has contributed to. And he told her pretty much, you are to go to Kiev and you're to preach for Bobby and for colour. And even if I die, you are not to come to me because you are my legacy. You are, you, Katie, my daughter, you are my legacy in this moment. And the truth is she came, she preached on the Saturday night and fire and hilarity. Seriously, it's a whole other story. I don't think the Kevians understood, but I, the Australians were on the floor dying laughing. <laughs> yes. So socially incorrect at times. Kenny and Sanger have no filter. Anyway, <clears throat> we love them. And uh, she preached a heart out and then she stayed. We flew home Sunday. She stayed and preached on Sunday night for me and for, and for the team there. And then she went to be with her father and he, she was at his bedside on Tuesday night as he slipped into heaven. And, you know, sometimes it takes time for the seed to land. It takes time for the story to unfold and your story, that's, that's, that's a beautiful story that you shared and it just takes time. So I wanna encourage you. I didn't take time to read. I was gonna read something here and I forgot. I'll preach it in a, in a couple of weeks to you. But um, it just takes time for that seed to go into the ground and for the story to be told, amen. So be praying for Kitty. She's in good heart and um, she got to be with her dad. And I just think the timing of God is so perfect, right? So perfect. We're gonna go, we've got a few more minutes. Tell us some more things, Cass. She's trying to think what to tell us. <laughs> no, I have my favourite story in the whole world to tell. So, <laughs> it actually really is. Do you know how we say as a church we champion the cause of local churches everywhere? Yeah. So it's the first night in New York City and we're in this beautiful theatre and like 
it's the middle of worship and so I kind of look around because I love seeing people worship. It does my heart really good. And as I look around, I catch a um, view of a row of maybe 12 or 18 nuns and they're standing in full habit and I think the guys have pictures and they've got their hands raised and they're worshipping Jesus. Except that and is church. Except that's the church. Way. There you go. Is that conference? That's conference. Okay. Um, and I literally said to Laura Lentz, who are those women and can I meet them? <laughs> and she went, oh my goodness, aren't you scared to meet the nuns? And I'm like, no, 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 I really want to. And so the next day um, in the lunch break, I actually got to sit down and talk to two of the nuns who had come. True story. Um, we're walking through the back tunnel and the makeup girl comes out and she's wearing a camo jacket. And the nuns walk past her and grab her hand. They go, bless you for serving us in the military. <laughs> And the makeup girl goes, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't serve anywhere. This is just fashion. <laughs> no, but it gets better. Then one of the nuns goes, oh, I wore camo once in the nun play. And we're like, what is a nun play? And she goes, oh, they made me a camo habit when we were doing some sort of performance at the convent. So we have all these random moments, but then we sit out the back and literally I sat on the floor and for probably two hours I chatted to these two nuns about... Um, Jesus, life, ministry and calling. And it was probably one of the most profound conversations that I think I've ever had in my life because one of the nuns sat there and I'm a sister Catherine. She goes, tell me, how were you called? When did you find Jesus? How, how did this outwork itself? And so I sort of told her about when I was a little girl and then coming to Hillsong Church and how Rich and I found our way here and, and I shared stories. And I watched her with tears streaming down her face as I told my story. And then I said to her, how about you? Talk to me. How did you find Jesus? How did this happen? And she went, I went to a summer camp once when I was 16. And she said, I saw a really cute boy in the corner. And I said to the Lord, Lord, let me marry somebody like that guy. And she said, I felt the Lord whisper to my heart, what if I want you exclusively to myself? And she said, in that moment, I felt called to celibacy and to being a nun and I ran from it. She said, for 11 years I ran until finally I surrendered and I, I moved into the convent. And like literally I'm crying and she's crying. And in that moment we realised that the same Jesus that called me called her and that we had more in common sharing Christian faith than we had that divided us. And she said, it's really funny, you know, because the Holy Spirit that I sense in the quietness of the convent is the same Holy Spirit that I sense in the noise in New York. She talked about being remissioned and how every two years they would go forward and Mother Agnes and the council would pray for where they should be sent next. And she was telling about like the cost of serving God and surrendering as if we didn't get it. And I said to her, you know, see that girl there, that's um, Autumn and she comes from Alaska. And for her, the cost was in leaving her family to come to Sydney. And my sister lives in Liverpool and Brian and Bobby come from New Zealand. And as I started telling stories, she's like, oh my goodness, it's all the same, isn't it? And I said, we all pray, Isaiah 6, here I am, send me. And it was the most beautiful moment where I went, you know, if we look for it, there is so much that unites us and there's so much that we have in common with each other. And we can try and 
divide ourselves based on theology or doctrine or all sorts of things. But if we love Jesus with our whole hearts and we're committed to serving him, then we can find the sisterhood everywhere. And it made me think, like literally, the sisterhood is no small thing. And it is, I think God's plan for it crosses denomination divides, it crosses um, culture, and it transcends our own individual awareness of ourselves. And so it's so beautiful what we are building and what we are a part of. So beautiful. That's one of our favourite stories. It's one of my favourite. And yes. can I tell my most hilarious moment? Well, I want to add to the... Okay, you can add to it. I want to add to the Sister Catherine. It was Sister Catherine's story, right? Because, yeah, she, they did, they came out the back and they have a ministry to girls who um, fall pregnant and they're unmarried or single or doing it tough. And I think it was a girl um, that they were ministering to who was pregnant with a child who initially came herself to, to church and then brought the sisters. And that's where they fell in love with coming. Pardon? She was actually from our Bondi campus. Had right. a horrific life scenario happen and found herself in New York pregnant. And she came to church and we weren't quite sure what to do with her, so we sent her to the sisters. Oh, okay. Right? I didn't know that part we of it. We took her in for 18 Beautiful. months. Amazing. And so that girl was there. She was in the back room. There's a lot going on in like a 40-minute break. There's a lot going on. And the sister grabbed me. I saw the baby, the beautiful baby. And the sister, Sister Catherine, yeah, she grabbed me in the back because they wanted to come out the back. And this is the one thing she said to me before she went into the other room while I went to plan other things. Um, she grabbed my face and then with her eyes closed, she said, I think she, this is how she said it. She went... When I close my eyes in prayer, I sense Christ, I, I sense Jesus. And she said, but when I come here and worship here, I feel his spirit. I was like, what the heck? God is so gracious and kind and amazing. What story? Because I have to monitor I'm it. really, really quick. So Carolee and I, right? We're on a panel in England, oh. right? And I happen to have a little clip because do you know how you can never, like I wish you could bottle all the Bobby moments. Do you know those random moments that you're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And we've had so many on tour that happen behind the scenes that you would never probably understood if we told you and you'd think we were all stupid. But there was one that happened on the platform that I felt like it's just too good a moment not to share. Is that okay? So I feel like it's not very serious, it's a little bit funny and Carolee and I were laughing the whole time and so okay, we thought it. we should maybe all share. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, beautiful. Thank you so much. And, you know, in the other conferences, we had, um, we had the pleasure of having um, Nathan Finocchio, Finocchio, Pinocchio, Finocchio, sitting here and, oh gosh, I've got a piece of hair that just keeps, it could be that eyelash. <laughs> do you dare me to do it like one off and one on? I promise you, I'm not so vain that I can't do it. There it goes. Take the other one off too, yeah. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Still on my eye? Where, <laughs> where is it? Oh, there it is. Oh. oh, I feel so free. Take yours off. No, take it off, take it off, take it off, take it off, take it off. Take them off. No, I want to tell the best story ever. Okay, after.
after colour conference in Sydney, I was checking into a hotel with my daughter and I didn't realise that my eyelashes are literally both here. <laughs> anyway, good. Leave yours on. I know. Oh, you're not wearing any? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so free. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Now that was a unique moment. That was not on the run sheet. I've actually left them all over the world, to be honest. I, I leave them in the shower and I come back and, because um, we've been staying in hotels for weeks, and you come back and beautiful, sweet housekeeping have come in to do your room, and there's an eyelash just laid there because they've found it somewhere and they're thinking, she might need it. Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Hey, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have fake eyelashes on. Yeah. <laughs> She's a Ferguson. <laughs> anyway, right. so much fun and games. And you know what? I am confident that over the next few weeks, as we open the Word of God, I'm excited to be bringing the Word of God for the next few weeks. Okay, we've got socials next week, right? So let's do socials next week because a whole bunch of us are going to go to our staff retreat, our annual big staff retreat that we do. So you've got beautiful sisterhood social get-togethers, go online, there's so many. Like, don't just have a morning off, connect. You never know, miracles could take place. Miracles will be set in motion. And then the weeks after that, we're gonna open the Word of God and just do what we do and we'll for sure add a whole lot more stories in because there are some pretty amazing moments that have had happened, amen? But right now, we're blessed because uh, we're going to listen to Pastor Lucinda Dooley share her piece that she did in Cape Town. And it's a fantastic message. You all know and love her. I don't know to what quality this um, piece is, whether it's to broadcast edit yet, but you'll get the gist of it. It's a great message. So put your hands together for Lucinda. I think you should kiss about 15 girls around you. Kiss them on the cheek. Tell them how glad you are to see them today. Thank you to our worship team. You guys are amazing. <clears throat> Did you kiss someone? You just took your seats. We're affectionate. Okay, before I get into my word, um, I just wanna honor my senior pastor, Pastor Bobby Houston. And um, Pastor Bobby, we absolutely love and adore you, and we will be forever grateful for you. And um, thank you for trusting me um, to speak on your platform. I see it as the hugest honor and the hugest freak out all at once. <laughs> hugest honor and hugest freak out. Okay, um, and Bobby, we are gonna wrestle. We're gonna wrestle, aren't we, girls? We're gonna wrestle with the truth. We're gonna wrestle over our past, and we're gonna wrestle to... Press on with our stamina in Jesus' name. Okay, this morning, this is where I'm gonna begin. I've gotta talk. Um, I'll probably talk really fast because I have 90. Oh, they gave me a bit more time. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm gonna talk really fast. <laughs> I feel like I've got 40 minutes, but I'll take 20. Okay, are you ready? So my message begins here. At the beginning of this year, I um, shared a message at our church and just throughout the message, I just said a simple thing. I, said, I shared with the church that when I was 14 years of age, God actually got a hold of my life. 
And I crossed this, <laughs> I told you I'd cry. I crossed this line from religion to a relationship. And he set my heart on fire. And then I continued on with my message. I bumped into somebody um, during the week, that week, and they said to me, they said, I wanna thank you for the word on Sunday. And they said it just really spoke to me. And they said, the difference between you and me is that you have kept your fire and I have lost mine. And they said, but the good news is I'm getting my fire back. <laughs> Come on. And the reality of that story is um, time and time again, I have actually lost my fire as well. And I've had to get my fire back. And you know, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 11, it says this profound scripture. It says, never let the fire in your heart go out, but keep it alive and serve the Lord. C.S. Lewis says a profound quote. He says this, if you wanna get warm, you must stand next to the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, and eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. So this morning, girls, I've called my thought, never lose your fire. Can you say it with me? Never lose your fire. Shout it out. Never lose your fire. So this year, 2019, I have become obsessed. I literally have become obsessed. You can get obsessed with a few things. The thing I'm obsessed with is Song of Solomon. Now, I have never been obsessed with Song of Solomon before. In actual fact, I've always steered away from it because I actually always thought it was about sex and relationship. I mean, I should steer into it if it's about that, but I haven't. I've kind of never understood it. And so I, for some reason, have never like just immersed myself in it. But early this year, it got highlighted to me and I feel like God highlighted it to me because he wanted to do something in my life. <laughs> and if he wants to do something in my life, I'm taking all of you on the journey. So I've become obsessed with Song of Solomon. It's been absolutely amazing. And Song of Solomon, the Bible says, is the most beautiful um, song of all time. Song of Solomon is a love letter from God to us. It's a love letter from God to you. It's a love letter from God to His church. And I believe prophetically that we are in a season, and I'm gonna tell you the season that I believe we're in. I believe prophetically this is the season that we're in um, as, as in the world. <laughs> I'll take the whole world. I believe that we're in a season of not beating ourselves up, but rather we're being called and wooed and reminded to discover and rediscover our love for Jesus and His love for us. That is what I believe. So today I wanna speak about three things, how to never lose your fire. How to never lose your fire. Number one way to never lose your fire is to let Him love you. Let Him love you. In Song of Solomon, I'm gonna to read to you Song of Solomon chapter one, right at the beginning. This is what it says. Song of Solomon one, it says, actually, could you tell me what it says? The first, just read me the first line. Let Him Smother me with kisses, his spirit kiss divine. So kind are your caresses, I drink them like the sweetest wine. 
Your, you can stop now. Your presence releases a, a, your presence releases a fragrance, so pleasing over and over poured out. For your lovely name is a flowing oil. No wonder the brides to be adore you. Draw me into your heart. We will run away together into the king's cloud-filled chamber. Okay, do you think that's amazing? I think that's amazing. Go to verse one. Could you shout what those first two words are? Let him. Do you know when I read it, I was reminded that I actually have to let him. I have to let him, I have to let the Lord Jesus love me. I have to let him smother me with kisses. That word, let him, it actually means this. Let him means it's profound, and it means this. It means allow him. It means to permit him. It means to authorize him. It means to sanction him. It means to grant him, to um, license him, and to enable him. So girls, it's actually a decision to let the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, love you today. Let him smother you with kisses. So it's actually a decision. And I think the reason we don't let him love us, I think the number one reason is because we're so busy doing rather than being. And I think he's trying to get our attention again to be still and to be silent. and to know that He is God. And we are loved by God Almighty. I think the second reason we don't let Him love us is because we think He's God and He's got too many other things to do. <laughs> I'm like, He's God. He's got like billions of people on the planet. He's not gonna worry about loving me. But as much as He's got billions of people on the planet, He's got you. He's got you in His mind today. And I think the third reason we don't let Him love us is because of the walls that we build up in our heart. I know with Phil, the reason I sometimes don't let him love me is because of the walls I build up. And it's the same with the Lord. The reason um, we don't let him love us is because of the walls. And I wonder what wall you've built up in your heart today that you need to pull down. And I have a little illustration. It looks much like this. If, if God trying to get to us and us trying to get to God, but the problem is this wall is in the middle. And maybe today it's a wall of offence. Please be honest. Maybe it's a wall of disappointment or rebellion or pride or pain or guilt or shame or anger or fear. But I believe today he's inviting us to something bigger and something better. So we must let him crash the wall down. So how do you let him love you? Well, it says, let him love you. Let him smother you with kisses. Now, um, early, this, early last week, Annalie, um, our location pastor at Somerset West, she actually posted a little picture, um, a little video of Jürgen kissing and smothering their little boy with kisses. So have a little look at this. <laughs> okay, how amazing is that? I saw that and I'm like, I'm going to use that at colour because I, I pictured that that is exactly what the word is depicting He's saying, let me smother you with kisses. Now the thing is, girls, that's how you let him love you. You let him smother you with kisses. But can I explain to you what that word kisses means? Because if you read it like a kiss, you think of just a baby and a child or a husband and a wife or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It actually doesn't mean that. 
It actually means something way greater. This is what it means. It's going to come up on the screen. When God says, let me smother you with kisses, he actually means it's depicting when God breathed his breath into Adam. It was the kiss of heaven when Adam went from dust to deity and he became an expression of God. Do you know when God shared his breath with us, he said, girls, girls, you've become an expression of myself on this earth. And then the word kisses, it means the Word of God is a kiss from the mouth of our beloved, breathing upon us a revelation of His love. And then the final thing that word kisses means, it comes from a Hebrew word, neshak. And it means this, to arm or equip for battle. Okay, is that amazing? When He kisses us, He's arming us or equipping us for battle. We need His kiss in order to become his equipped warrior. And girls, can I say to us this morning, the more you know of the love of God, the more equipped you're gonna be to be a warrior and take enemy territory. If you don't understand that you're loved, you're not equipped to do what he's called you to do. And the more revelation I get that God loves me, like the King of King loves me, the creator of heaven and earth loves me, the savior of the world, he loves me. What does it do? It equips me to be a warrior. And that is how you let him love you. You get a revelation of his word. The second way you let him love you. The second way is you let him speak his kind words over you. Because it goes on in Song of Solomon. And it's amazing. We'll, read, we'll pick it up in chapter one and verse five. This is the woman. The woman says this, like the woman. <laughs> Everyone hit your chest. Say, I'm the woman. The woman says, Jerusalem's maidens in the twilight darkness. She says this, I know I am so unworthy and so in need. Anyone ever said that? <laughs> I know I'm so unworthy and so in need. But he says, yet you are so lovely. I know I'm so unworthy and so in need. But he speaks over her and says, yet you are so lovely. He doesn't actually say, no, come on, like, let me prop you up. You're not unworthy. You're amazing. You can do it. He doesn't say that. She says, I know I'm so unworthy. And he says, yet in your unworthiness, you're so lovely. And then she says this, I feel as dark and as dry as a desert tent of the wandering nomads. I have a picture here maybe of what she was saying. She's saying, I feel like this. I feel dry. I feel like a desert tent. I feel worn out. I feel like wrung out. I feel like I've done my day. Anybody ever felt like that? Feel like, man, can I keep going? Can I dig deep? Can I find my resolve? Can I push forward? She's saying, I feel as dark and as dry as a desert tent. Yet, he says, God says back to her, he says this, yet, yet, he says this, this is amazing, yet you are so lovely, like the fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. So she, here's the fine linen tapestry. So she says, I feel so dark and dry. And he says, oh, yet you are so lovely, like a fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. 
So girls, I wanna suggest if we're gonna never lose our fire, I think we've gotta open up our heart big and wide and we've gotta start to be and not do. I think we've gotta start to realise He wants to love us. And I think we've actually gotta pull down any walls and we might say, yet, we might say I'm this and He says, yet you are so lovely. Let Him speak His kind and loving words over you. In Jesus' Name, Amen. The second thing, if you wanna never lose your fire, you gotta let Him love you. And then the second thing, you've got to let him lead you. You've actually got to let him lead you. And I'm going to read to you Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And I'm just going to read you a few uh, verses here, but it's really also very profound. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, it says, Arise, my dearest. I need to read it like poetic. Arise, my dearest. (laughs) Hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and to lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed, girls. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season season of hiding is over and gone. And then he goes on. The fragrance of your flowers whisper like the change is in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove hidden in the split of the open rock. For it was I who took you and hid you high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful are your eyes of worship and lovely is your voice of prayer. But you must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship and they raid the budding vineyard to ruin what I've planted. Girls, I wanna say three things. If you are going to let Him lead you, you've got to delight in worship. He says, I love it when I hear you worship. Delight in worship and I'm not talking about singing a song. I'm talking about a living sacrifice. And then he says, I want you to be dedicated in prayer. Dedicated in prayer. The kind of prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous person that has great power and wonderful results. (laughs) Delight in worship, dedicate in prayer. And then he says this, be disciplined to get rid of those foxes. What is the foxes? Because you know what the foxes do, girls. They actually come to destroy your intimacy. The word foxes there is compromise. What little compromises? And foxes, the thing with foxes, I have a picture, they actually look very cute. If you, like, look at that, you actually wanna pick it up. You wanna put it on a lead and take it for a walk and give it a snack. If I see that, I'm like, okay, come, 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 come. But you know, little foxes, if you leave the little foxes, do you know they actually destroy your relationship with the Lord Jesus? And... The little foxes, they can actually be um, distractions. You know the word distraction often in the New Testament means anxiety. The little foxes could be secrets. Girls, don't kid yourself. If you leave your secrets, they'll catch you. Addictions, fears, or lies. 
And I want us today to repent, like Pastor Bobby said, just change your mind about your little foxes. Put them aside, delight in worship, dedicate in prayer, and be disciplined to get rid of the little foxes because they're gonna destroy your intimacy. And my final point of how to never lose your fire is you let Him love you, you let Him lead you, and then out of that, you'll let Him heal you. And my scripture I wanna read to you is this. It says, Song of Solomon chapter four. It's a profound scripture. It says, when I'm near you, I smell the aromas of the finest spice, like tears from a tree and aloe as eagles ascending. You might read that scripture and go, what is she talking about? (laughs) When I'm near you, I smell the aroma of the finest spice, like aloe. Does anyone know what aloe is? Aloe is actually a healing balm. There's a picture of aloe going up on the screen. If I get like a funny mole or a cut, do you know what I do? I get my aloe and I rub it on and I guarantee in 24 hours there's a shift because it's a healing balm. So when God looks at us, He actually says, girls, when I look at your life, I wanna smell the spices of an aroma that's so fine. And I wanna see the aloe. He he says, um, like tears from a tree because of what Jesus done, and aloe as eagles ascending. You know the word ascending, aloes, it means we are going to fly above the wounds. We are going to be free from the past. And we are going to walk in intimacy with Him. Because if you let Him love you and you let Him lead you, you will let Him heal you. And so girls, I do believe that the season that we're entering into is a season of not beating ourselves up, but rather being called and wooed and reminded to discover and rediscover the love we have for Jesus and the love He has for us. Could we say a prayer together? We're gonna put the prayer on the screen and this is my final prayer I'd like us to read. And it says this, let's say it to Jesus. One, two, three. Then may your awakening breath blow upon my life until I am fully yours. Breathe upon me with your spirit wind. Stir up the sweet spice of your life within me. Spare nothing as you make me your fruitful garden. Hold nothing back until I release your fragrance. Come walk with me as you walked with Adam in the paradise garden. Come taste the fruits of your life in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a solid word, right? I mean, I listened to that twice in Cape Town and then to just sit and be able to listen to it again. And you know, that's a broadcast. We, that's just, you can't hear any of the crowd responding. You guys were all pretty quiet. That's why sometimes we've got to be responsive when the preaching of the Word happens, right? Can you see that? But you know, that room was amening and leaning in and receiving that Word as I believe it wasn't here. And um, you know, we worship a beautiful God. We worship a beautiful God. Why don't we just stand for one moment? And Dave, like, honestly, we've got a couple of minutes left. Why don't you just lead us in something? And I'm gonna ask you to just let the Word resonate with you. And you know, like Catherine, Sister Catherine in New York, she said, you know what? When I come into this place, I feel His presence. I feel His Spirit. And I'm gonna ask us just to open our hearts. 
One more time, girls. We're good at this. We're Hillsong Church, right? But you know what? Why don't you just open your heart and let this lover of our soul draw near. Let this lover of our soul draw near. In Jesus' Name, Amen. And then I'm gonna pray for you. Amen. Father God, our prayer this morning is, as Lucinda has taught us so beautifully from the Song of Solomon, Father, that You would allow us, that You would allow us to allow You to to love us and to lead us and to heal us. Lord, I pray for every woman within the sound of this morning that You will bless them indeed, Father God, that You will draw near to them and whatever they're going through. Father God, You will come close to them and heal them and love them in Jesus' Name. And Father, our commitment to You as a sisterhood, we're so grateful that we get to do life together. We're so grateful that we sit within this message of value and love. But our devotion to You is, Father God, stir up the fire within us. Stir up the fire within us. Come on, girls, if you believe it, say amen. Stir up the fire within us, Father God, to love You and to know You and to be carriers of Your great grace and story. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to You. I thank You. And I ask again, Father, every girl who has gathered up and down the country around within the sound of this, that Your blessing will be upon them. In Jesus' Name, amen. Everyone said, hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me. If you are in the room today and you are hungry for truth, you are hungry for relationship, you know, we've talked of this God in heaven who is a good, good God who loves us and there's something missing in your heart and you're like, I, I, Pastor Bobby, there's something missing in my heart. Do you know what? What is missing in your heart is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the lover of your soul. He is a good, good God. We have a heavenly Father who sent His beloved Son to earth to bind us back to the heart, Father heart of God. And you know what, I'm just gonna pray a prayer. And if you wanna pray this with me and come into a place of relationship or a new relationship with Him, why don't you just pray it? And I know that He will hear you. In Jesus' Name, Amen. So a multitude of the girls here today have prayed this prayer. It's their story. And they're gonna pray it with you so that you can just pray with us, amen? So let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, I recognise my need of more and my need of You. So Lord Jesus, I open my heart to You. And Lord, I may not understand everything, but I choose to understand Your love for me today. So I open my heart to You, Jesus. I ask You to come into my life and become Lord and Saviour. Forgive me of my sin and living life my own way. I believe, Lord Jesus, that You have come to bring me life and life in abundance. So I receive of that love and that life today in Your Name, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.